0: Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system, brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. With me as always, my co-host, Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing?
1: Doing pretty well, and less than two weeks to go until the major league season begins.
0: I am ready, but boy, all this uh, WBC play has been energizing, and it's funny, it'll be kind of a come down for the regular season of the major leagues.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess guys like Eddie Rosario and uh, Ronald Acuna have been getting some pretty high-end, high-pressure playing time here over the last couple weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to come back to spring training and just, uh <laughs> Yeah
1: kill those last 10 days or so because i think i saw rosario rejoining the team on monday and he'll be in the lineup so uh, they'll get back in the swing of things pretty quickly although i'm glad that none of the uh major league pitchers were involved from a selfishness standpoint
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't have minded but also um it, it's nice that the uh team seems to be coming out of this uh relatively intact knock on woods we still got two weeks left right but um uh, the, the team got some good news today. Uh, Mike Soroka will be making a start uh, in spring training on Wednesday. I think this is a little bit sooner than most people were anticipating.
1: I believe so, too. I mean, nobody needs to get, like... I wouldn't get, like, really excited about this. I'm excited from the fact that he's starting, but nobody needs to think he's even remotely a candidate for the rotation right now. In fact, in the uh, David O'Brien article from The Athletic that just came out a little while ago, it said that privately they're hoping he can be ready to contribute sometime in the first couple months of the season. So, I mean, it'll just be great to see him get out there on the mound, and he is going to be getting a start. I mean, I don't know how long he's going to go. I think he pitched a two-inning simulated game the other day. So if they can get two nice healthy innings out of them, I think everybody will consider it a success.
0: And then on top of that, uh, Kyle Wright expected to also make a start. I don't think they've announced which day that's going to be yet. It's Monday. Okay, it is Monday. All right, thank you. So that's going to line him up for uh, two appearances in the spring, and hopefully that will be enough um, to uh, slide him into maybe the fourth slot in the rotation to face the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I think they said the plan is that uh, he'll get two starts during the Grapefruit League season. He'll get one on Monday, and I guess I would line him up. um, On Saturday against the Twins, they have a split squad. They have two split squad games, so he'll likely start one of those. And then he'll have a uh, simulated game after that, and then he'll get his first start of the season. So it'll be interesting to see on Monday how long he goes. Um, I mean, if he only goes like two innings, I'm going to be a little doubtful he can be going any length of time come his first start of the regular season. But, say, if they can get three innings out of him, I think that'll be a pretty nice uh, beginning to his uh, season.
0: On the opposite end of that, Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder, is kind of what everybody has been talking about this week, kind of surprisingly optioned this week, um, seemingly taking them out of the running for the fifth, fifth starter spot. Uh, Anderson, it's funny, in, in spots he looked really good, but um, – Command just not back yet, at least not enough for uh, Brian Snitger and company to be comfortable.
1: No, it, it's definitely not. Um, in seven and the third innings, he walked eight and <laughs> gave up two home runs. Uh, the new slider he's working on it's, its shown flashes, but I don't. it's not ready yet. I don't think he's going to need a few starts at Gwinnett to hopefully get it um, back in line. Uh, I know technically the thinking is they could possibly recall Anderson or Elder back to make a start during the uh, – the back end of the rotation, uh, if somebody goes on the injured list, they could do that, but I just don't see it happening. I think they sent those, these two guys down for a reason, and it wasn't to recall them back this quickly.
0: And, and in a way, I, this might be done to help Anderson, maybe just take the pressure off of him, let him really kind of concentrate on, on uh, molding that slider, working on that fastball command, make sure you can... Hit the strike zone up in the zone, right? That that seems to be kind of the key for him. Um, I still feel pretty good about Ian Anderson over the course of this season, but yeah, a little time in Gwinnett, maybe in a low pressure situation, probably not the worst thing for him. More interesting to me was the Bryce Elder uh, demotion. He he, he had he was uncharacteristically uh, wild, I think, a little bit.
1: I think this is, I mean, it's basically the same thing that got him sent down from the Braves rotation early last season. That you just get the walks get building up. He got put too much traffic on the base pass. And, you know, could only work so much Houdini magic to keep runs from scoring. And he definitely was not having any luck with that this spring. He ended up walking uh, five over 11 and two thirds innings. And I think, uh, case in point, the last start he had on Wednesday, right before, like, literally, he was literally sent out after the game along with Anderson. Um, he pitched four innings, only gave up two runs. Um, one, uh, He gave up a home run to Nick Castellanos. Was, that's not the, the true evil here of what got him sent down. It was the three walks and in four innings, I think, is what did him in. If he had just given up the home run and didn't walk anybody, he might still be fighting for that fifth spot today.
0: Yeah. Now, from what we've seen of Bryce Elder, he's not – a guy that walks a lot of guys or didn't in the minor leagues. And I don't, he didn't really, you know, in his kind of second stint with the team later in the season. So I wonder if this is just part of his process. It just takes a little while. Of course they had the abbreviated spring last year. Um, I wonder if it affected him a little bit and just takes him a little bit. Like maybe commands like the last thing to get to him.
1: It could whip me. Um, unfortunately, I mean, who knows how, how far down he is the pecking order right now. if They need somebody pretty quickly because the, the, two other guys were fixing to talk about uh, seemingly jumped both anderson and elder in the line
0: yeah for some reason we got a lot of traffic on the website looking up uh jared schuster and dylan dodd this week um it could be because one of them is very likely to be the fifth starter uh, for the atlanta braves uh, both of them have been absolutely brilliant um this spring and then obviously it's by definition a short sample size but uh what they're looking for and obviously what Snickers has been hammering home is we don't want guys uh, getting free passes onto the bases. And like you said, I don't think the odd solo homer is going to ruffle any feathers. But if if things get traffic-y, that's a problem. And Dodd and Schuster have both been excellent at keeping traffic off the bases.
1: Yeah, and they both have virtually the same stats over the spring. Uh, Dylan Dodd, 13 innings pitched. He's only given up one run, which was a solo homer to Brandon Marsh of the Phillies. Uh, only two walks in those 13 innings and uh, 15 strikeouts. Uh, Jared Schuster, pretty close to the same numbers, 12 and two-thirds innings, one run, and that was a solo home run to Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. Uh, He's Two walks and 16 strikeouts over those 12 and two-thirds innings. Combined, they've only given up four walks over 26 innings. So that's what the Braves want to see, and that's why they're in the running for that fifth spot.
0: Yeah, uh, both of them left-handed pitchers. Very similar i mean, similar pitching styles too. Um, you know, both with excellent changeup. I mean, Schuster's probably the best changeup in the organization. You know, plus or minus a Ian Anderson when he's on. Uh, Dodds very close there, right? Just a really good changeup. Both of them started throwing a slider heavily starting last year, and it seems like they both of them improved on that pitch. Both of them with a curveball as well. Um, Dodd throws both a four seam and a two seam, and both of them have seen velocity tick ups in this spring. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about, uh, Schuster, but I know Dodd specifically mentioned that the Braves, uh, helped him work out on a, a slight mechanical inefficiency, which has helped his velocity. So, um, kind of similar stories here, except obviously Schuster, a first round pick in 2020 was kind of expected to be here at this point dot a senior sign right at in uh 2021 uh shot up three levels last year so um different pedigrees but in the end here very similar style pitchers and um if they swap jerseys i wonder if uh, snicker would be able to tell which one's which (laughs)
1: probably not at this point i think uh schuster's going to have the edge i mean not i mean the performance has been pretty equal across the board but he has the edge as far as experience at the upper levels of the organization um dylan dodd only got one start at triple a last season uh schuster got nine starts and ten appearances with 48 two-thirds innings at triple a so i think that'll probably help give him the edge although dodd's not far behind at all and i think if something happened let's say if Kyle Wright something goes down with him and he can't make his first start of the season i don't think they'd hesitate at all to have both of these guys in the rotation to start off the season
0: yep uh it's it's great to see we love having uh young guys be able to um make a get their chance here right and it looks like one of these guys will get their chance early on how long they'll stay in the rotation who knows it depends on a lot of things obviously their own performance you know how ian anderson Responds at at Gwinnett, how quickly Mike Soroka uh, can get back up to speed. But these things, as they say, the cliche, these things tend to take care of themselves. And if they keep performing, they'll get their chances. And uh, almost certainly both of them will pitch significant innings for the Atlanta Braves this year.
1: And it also wouldn't be terribly surprising to see a veteran – come out of nowhere uh, if Alex Anthopoulos scans the waiver wire here over the next few days because uh, with Jackson Stevens getting outrighted today on Sunday, there's two open spots on the 40-man roster and they could free up two more spots uh, by placing Waskari Noah and Tyler Matzik on the the 60-day IL. So with four open spots, I mean, they'll need some spots for some of the players that are currently non-roster invitees, but they could easily uh, go claim a veteran on waivers if needed.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about the bullpen. You mentioned uh, Jackson Stevens. He was um, he was uh, outrighted, so he's, like you said, he's off the 40-man roster, so that's a spot. Um, but he is in Gwinnett, so he's still within the organization. Um, it, unfortunately, he, he was slow to start the season. Uh, coming, I think he was banged up a little bit. Um, and then you know, not very impressive when he started out. He's obviously still very rusty, so he'll get a chance to work that out in Gwinnett. But I don't know how much of a, of a realistic a chance he had, especially with a late start. But the guy who's been really impressive to me, um, basically all spring, but, it, you know, he hasn't really let up, is Nick Anderson, uh, the free agent signing. Uh, he was last with Tampa Bay. He looks like really like one of the best four or five guys he's fighting for a spot uh maybe the worst thing about him as far as his concern he's concerned he still has two options left
1: yeah that's gonna work against a couple of guys who are trying to make the 26-man roster um because he's got he's going up against guys like jesse chavez who uh, is not, currently not on the 40-man roster uh, dylan lee which supposedly the, the talk i mean you hear people talking say hey uh he's got options he could go but i mean he the way he, I mean, he's been he had a, a very good season for the Braves last year, and he's had a very good spring. I, I just don't see them sending Dylan Lee out, um, being optioned out. Um, so I, th- I think it's going to be Lee and Anderson both make the squad. And I think kind of Jesse Chavez may just say, hey just go hang out at Gwinnett for a little bit until we need you. You'll get the call up. I I think I don't think he'll he would leave for another MLB job because of that situation. He knows what he's got here.
0: He seems to love playing here, and I think he'd be, he'd happily go pitching Gwinnett for a little while, knowing that he'd be the next guy
1: up, right? Yeah, and it's not like they'd be shipping him halfway across the country. It's like, oh, go hang out at this AAA in this far-off outpost somewhere. It's like, oh, go go hang out an uh, hour away, and you'll be ready when we need you.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not that far from his favorite hat shop, too.
1: <laughs> now that, which is always the most important thing.
0: And that's, so that means Kirby Yates, we're assuming, is making this squad um, – honestly he's kind of been the least impressive of these folks um and i'm not counting i'm not counting jackson stevens right but um of of the guys that are a little bit on the bubble chavez anderson uh i guess lee um yates i think has been the for that and he hasn't been terrible but um He's been also giving up a lot more hard contact than it feels like the uh, other guys have. It still feels like maybe he's working his way back just a little bit, like he's not quite where he wants to be.
1: And Kirby Yates, I mean, he's he's, he's making real money this season. He's making $6 million, so he's not, not going to cut him right off the bat. Um, they don't, wouldn't want that to happen. and they pick him up and he gets uh, has success with another club and the Braves are stuck paying the bill for it. I think what's going to happen is either they'll put him on the opening day roster or they'll find a reason to put him on the injured list. Uh, and with his history, that shouldn't be too, far or find, too hard to find a reason to put him on the injured list. But uh, he will be around for a while. And Let's say if he comes in, let's say if he pitches for a couple of months and he's still got a 7-plus ERA, I think that's when they might – cut bait with him uh, after going about through about a third of his salary but i think as of right now he's he's safe on the team but safe to make opening day that might be a different story
0: yeah i think you're right and I, I agree with the point they may stash him on the il if it doesn't work out exactly but i think he would have to implode or something like that he hasn't like i said he hasn't really been that bad I just don't think he's looked as good as Jesse Chavez or Nick Anderson.
1: No, and he pitched a scoreless inning on Saturday and struck out three. So, I mean, that's a promising sign right there. So, hopefully that'll uh, give him a little bit of momentum going into the last couple weeks here. But let's say if he does go on the I.L., that solves a lot of roster issues. You can carry Chavez, Lee, and Anderson uh, to get you to the eight relievers on the opening day roster.
0: Yep. Now, our friend of the show, Ryan Cothran, has been um, really kind of banging the – Trash can lid for uh, Michael Tonkin, who is also out of options and is still, you know, in camp. Uh, he's on the forty man roster, so if, if he doesn't make it, he would have to pass through waivers. I don't know. I think there is a decent chance somebody could claim him, but I I don't think the Braves. That's not going to deter them.
1: No, I don't think it will either. I mean, there there'll be a hundred relievers going on the uh, waiver wire here over the next couple of weeks. So if they did somebody drops. Uh, One, I mean, they might be swapping Tonkin out with another body. So, I mean, it's something that he could easily slip through, who knows. But I don't think that's going to affect their decision one way or another. Yeah,
0: I mean, and Tonkin's not looked bad, but he's, he's certainly the last of the pecking order of who's left, I think. Real briefly, let's talk about left field slash DH slash bench. Um, I don't feel like there's been a lot of clarity um, in that situation, but at least opinion seems to be coalescing around what we talked about two weeks ago with Sam Hilliard and Kevin Pillar probably being the favorites for the bench with Azuna making the club as the DH and Acuna, Harrison, Rosario as your starting outfielders.
1: Yeah, I don't think anything's changed. One thing that's changed since the last time we uh, put on a little show here was uh, Jordan Luplo has come back from his injury, and he's playing on a regular basis now. But he's also got options remaining, and I think that's going to affect his ability to make the roster. And I think they want to make sure his uh, oblique is fully healthy before putting him out there on a regular basis. So I think that's going to cost him his spot. And, of course, obviously Sam Hilliard, with the fact that he has no options remaining, and he's playing well this spring, I mean, he's got a 979 OPS. He's hitting 353. so, yeah, I think he'll make the opening day roster. Um, how much playing time he'll get, I don't know, but uh, I think he's uh, safely going to make it. And Kevin Pillar, I uh, imagine, uh, based off of that veteran status and what we discussed before, I think he'll make the um, squad based off of that, and, of course, they'll have to use a 40-man spot to get him on there, but as we discussed earlier, they're going to be anywhere from two to four spots pretty easily available for him.
0: Yeah, and to all these guys' credits, all of them are playing pretty well. Um, Hilliard, like you said, is is looking great. Uh, Luplo, in his limited time, looks pretty strong. Pilar has been playing well. Eli White, I think, has really done a nice job drawing attention to himself. He's now got a loud um, uh, section of fans uh, online, at least, that is uh, wanting him to make the club. Um, Again, I think he's in kind of nick anderson's uh situation where he's got the two options and that might be the deciding factor but um it's nice that to have a uh a competition where it's not just the last man standing it's actually a strong competition where everybody is doing well
1: and it's also going to be interesting to see that Gwinnett outfield when uh, they first get there. I mean, with uh, Eli White, uh, Jordan Luplo, and I mean, that there's going to be some other options out uh, down in Gwinnett. It won't be just a bunch of uh, random 4A guys that they're stashing on the roster uh, going forward.
0: Yes, uh, the Gwinnett roster is shaping up to be pretty strong, at least early in the season. Um, it looks like they're going to be pretty strong at shortstop. Uh, there's a uh, Slight question, though. Who is going to be that starting shortstop? Um, Braden Shoemake made five starts in a row this this uh, week, um, which had a lot of tongues of wagon. A, um, now, Brian Snicker indicates that Grissom will be starting at shortstop uh, on Monday. Um, but uh, a lot of folks, and most notably uh, Braves beat writer Mark Bowman, has been suggesting that Braden Schumake could come in and snatch that position um, against uh, all odds. I'm not one of those people. I don't feel like Grissom has done anything to lose the spot, even though nothing was guaranteed to him beforehand. Uh, His defense has looked fine. Um, I've only seen like one mistake that he's made so far this spring. His range and his arm action isn't as good as Shoemakes, but in the end, I need to see more of Shoemake's bat to make me feel comfortable that a switch is warranted.
1: Yeah, Shoemaker has 700 plate appearances over the double and triple A levels with a sub-90 WRC+. I mean, he's got good defense. It's not good enough to carry that on a regular basis. Uh, but hopefully these... Um, what he's doing here is a positive and he's made some changes that are causing him to do this and he can carry that over to Gwinnett. But yeah, I to see a few weeks of it before... I start believing because we've seen you and I have seen too much of Shoemaker in person to say, "Hey, this this isn't the guy that we've been seeing for the last couple of years." This isn't we're we're not there yet. And like I said, Grissom's done nothing to lose the job. I mean, both players are hitting 323 this spring. I mean, Grissom's got a 323, 360, 361, 387 line. Not a lot of power, but obviously a small sample size. But he's done nothing to lose his job. It's not like he's hitting a buck 80 and uh, butchering balls left and right. I mean, he's he's done what he needs to do to uh, get the job.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably more on the line of. They wanted to see what they had in Shoemaker. Is he a guy that we could possibly bring up at some point later, you know, if somebody gets hurt? And quite frankly, I think they were showcasing him for other teams.
1: That could very well be a possibility. But here's a scenario I was thinking about about um, players that the Braves really can't afford to lose. One player I came across, thought about was Austin Riley. What happens if Austin Riley goes down? At this point, you can at least uh, bring up Shoemaker or keep him on the squad and scoot. Grissom over – he's not the world's best third baseman, but he has played third base in the past, and he could hold down the position. I'd rather probably see him there than, like, Orlando Arcia or Adrianza. I mean, there's not a lot of options for third base. I mean, I think that's part of it, too, is they'd want to see um, if she makes bat is real and if he could contribute at some point this season.
0: Yeah, uh, losing Austin Riley would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean – uh, if they could lose Ronald Acuna for half a season and still win a World Series, that's it. it you know, it, it could have, it could be fine. But let's not. That he might be the most irreplaceable guy on the team. Yeah, it's, it's,
1: it. yeah, it's not. At least in the position player standpoint, definitely. Because I mean, even to say Matt Olson goes down, you can move Austin Riley over to first base, and of course, then you're still looking for another third baseman. But uh, and of course, obviously, we've replaced outfielders over the last couple of years. I mean, if you lose a catcher, you still got another. Good catcher to take the spot, but so yeah, yeah, but if Austin Riley goes down, that's that's kind of stuff they got to think about. I mean, these guys at Gwinnett aren't exactly world beaters, so I mean, if the Braden shoe make bad is real, then maybe you got something there.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the more thing, I guess Michael Harris may be slightly more indispensable just because you're affecting both the offense and the defense with him. Yeah, that's that's not pleasant to think about.
1: Yes, not. Yeah, let's move on from that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, you brought it up for the record. I know. All right, so let's see. Minor League uh, starts on March 29th, I believe, for Triple A, And uh, everybody else uh, kind of trickles in after that. That's right, isn't it? I believe so. Uh, I'm not going to Rome opening day, as it, at least not right now, but I will be going the following day, the Friday. Um, so I'm hoping to see some uh, good young pitching, and I'm really anxious to see... Um, how the the prospects are actually going to be distributed across the system. I think it's going to be very interesting because, quite frankly, there's a lot of guys that go a lot of different ways, and it probably just depends on who's been strong in the minor league side of spring training, which, of course, we have zero insight into.
1: Yeah, um, that Rome-Augusta, I think it's going to be interesting, like the pitching, for instance. I mean, because you got the college arms that came in late last year. They've got got a cup of coffee at Augusta you'll probably might see a few of those guys getting the bump up a little bit to rome so that that's gonna be the fun part see who goes to rome who goes to augusta and to see if any of these uh guys that play in the um florida complex league and uh, come up uh get the bump up to, Gwinn- uh, to uh, augusta as well unfortunately i think uh mississippi's gonna be the odd man out at least initially because i mean you got a pretty strong club at Gwinnett and Augusta and Rome will be splitting a lot of pitching, so at least initially Mississippi is probably going to be on the outs. But I think come September, that Mississippi roster will probably be pretty strong with promotions coming up from the lower clubs.
0: All right, so this is the rotation I have for Mississippi right now. We'll see how this this shakes out. But let me let me know how you think this uh, sounds. Uh, Alan Winans.
1: Yeah, he he's probably your number one at this point.
0: Uh, Roderick Munoz. Yeah. Tanner Gordon. All right. Luis Diavilla, up from Rome.
1: Yeah. there's
0: uh, Rome, Rome Pitcher of the Year. Yeah. And then the other guy I have is Domingo Robles, who um, we saw, we've saw we seen in spring a little bit.
1: Yeah, not the worst rotation I've ever seen, but, I mean, and there's a couple of promising arms in there, Diavila and uh, Munoz in particular. But, yeah, compared to some of the – compared definitely to Gwadet, Rome, and Augusta, it, it's definitely lacking.
0: Yeah. Um, A a guy that may be in that mix, but I think he's going to start in Rome, would be J.J. Necro. Yeah. And I guess there's a chance, you know, Ian Mejia had several starts for Rome kind of late last season. He was a 2022 draft pick that they seem to be pushing. Uh, Maybe him, but I think he starts back in Rome.
1: Yeah, it could be one of those days. Here he goes to Rome for a few weeks and – if he dominates a competition like say we're five or six starts that he could easily get the bump to Mississippi from there.
0: We call that pulling a strider.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's setting the, the, the ceiling a little on the high side, but yeah, yeah, that's that's what we can call it.
0: Yeah, okay. And j ju- and just for just for uh, the fun of it, here's who I have for Rome. Um AJ Smith shaver Maybe
1: yeah, <laughs> what <do you> think? <laughs> I I, I, th- I think he'll be there. Um, I mean, he, he did enough against. I, I mean, it's not like an unwarranted bump to Rome. So I think he'll go there, especially with all the younger talent coming in.
0: Okay, uh, JJ Necro and Ian Mejia kind of holding over. Right. Um, this is where it gets more shakier. <laughs> um, Cedric de Grandpre.
1: Yeah, that's a possibility.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he might be in the bullpen, but right right now, I have him penciled into the. And moving up from Augusta, Luis Vargas.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple of solid choices there, at least to start. But yeah. like I said, I mean, there, there, there could be some movement there. That, that rotation, if it start off that way, would not definitely not look that way about six weeks into the season.
0: Yeah, and obviously Smith Schawer is kind of the you know the main attraction there. I'm hoping they hold him for game two of the opening series, <laughs> so I can finally see him in person. But uh, I think the, the where where the action is going to be Augusta because this is who I have penciled in and and I I don't have any insight in this and like I said it, it we don't know who's heard or who's been performing well who's it, not this this rotation
1: is what's going to earn this uh, episode the rated M for mature.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right, here we go, 2022 uh, number one draft pick and uh, current OFR uh, top prospect Owen Murphy. Nice start. Yep. Uh, number two prospect, J.R. Ritchie. Yeah. Th- this is this is the big question mark, Spencer Schwellenbach.
1: No, that's possibility. Like you said, if we don't get to see what's happening on the Meyer league side. And he could very well be in the mix. Uh,
0: Adam Shoemaker. Yeah. And then I have no idea. Uh, it's kind of kind of depends. I think it might be Adam Meyer if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, that's a really big if. But does just, just those top two alone make for a pretty stout rotation
0: yeah uh it could be someone returning like samuel strickland or jorge bautista uh he could could fill in that last spot it could be we haven't heard anything about jared johnson right Mm -hmm. um it's been uh, it's probably been a little too soon i think he had tommy john surgery i want to say february last year so probably probably a little too soon for jared johnson but at some point he's going to be in the mix
1: Yeah, because he'll he'll probably go off to extended to start the season. But, yeah, he could very well enter the equation at some point.
0: And then as as a couple uh, dark horses here, uh, Didier Fuentes, who was really good in the DSL, they've shown before they will sometimes push a DSL top performer straight into full season ball. I'm thinking of... uh, yeah, a couple years ago, I, actually, I can't remember. But well, they had the
1: well, they had the third baseman a couple years ago. That um,
0: yeah, yeah. Sometimes they do that. Um, and Didier Fuentes seems like he might be that kind of guy, or also Seth Keller could be that
1: guy. Yeah. Uh, in the case of Fuentes, they could put, uh, push him up there, and let's say after a few starts, it doesn't work out, they can bump him back down to extended or um, get him ready for the uh, FCL season.
0: Yeah. I, and like I said, we don't know what's going no. <laughs> on in spring training. So uh, that you know, it could be you know, is the is Didier Fuentes the Dylan Dodd of the of uh, Augusta, right? <laughs> Where he just the lefty that comes out of nowhere and takes takes a spot. I uh, can't wait to
1: see it. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting as these uh, teams are announced over the next couple of weeks.
0: All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and end it there a little bit shorter than usual, but uh, we wanted to come in and kind of give our thoughts on the mostly on the Dylan Dodd, Ian Anderson, Jared Schuster thing. So um, uh, it's been a very interesting spring and um, we might be with you, I don't know, maybe next week if something interesting happens, but certainly two weeks after that, if not.
1: Yeah, because things have certainly changed in the last two weeks since last we met.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the uh, Major League uh, season starts, what, Friday the 31st? No, right? no, uh, so, thir-
1: no, Thursday the 30th.
0: Thursday the 30th, okay. So uh, if there is more roster surprises, then we'll be with you next week. If not, we'll come back to you, with you uh, after the season starts. Uh, whatever the case, um, we'll probably do our – Fantasy draft at that at the next one. Um, I, I guess it depends. I think we'll, we'll probably wait until they make the uh, minor league roster announcements. Uh, but um, we'll do that soon for the thousands of you that uh, are deeply invested in that.
1: Yeah, because I don't. I don't want to draft a bunch of guys who aren't even in the organization anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or you're excited about your squad and they're all in extended spring training.
1: Yeah, uh, there, there's there's all my catchers. Wish I could see yeah. what's happening.
0: <laughs> Alright, I hope everyone has a great
1: week. Have a good one. No, rien de rien no, je
2: ne rien Ni le bien. J'agrains mes plaisirs Je n'ai plus besoin d'eux Balayer les amours Avec leur trémolo Balayer pour toujours Je repars à zéro be